0: This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 27, Reactive Rover. This podcast is for those looking to train their own dog, whether as a family companion, a service, or a therapy dog, and I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hi, everyone. I have to tell you that this is one of the most fun things I do all week. And I know what you're thinking. Amy, you should probably make these longer if that's the most fun thing that you do all week. But really, I want you to know that I have fun recording these for you and talking to you about dog training and obedience and how we can get our puppies to be better behaved. So, today's topic actually came from Chloe on Instagram. She sent me a message asking about what she should do when her dog sees another dog and barks or tries to lunge towards the other dog. So, this is Something that a lot of dog owners deal with. And I thought, you know what? Let's talk about it on the podcast this week. I'm also teaching a canine coaching class for all of my members on Wednesday. It's a video course on adolescence. And usually, this is a behavior that crops up once your puppy turns into a teenager. So sometimes we think our puppy's just super well-mannered and sweet and calm and then adolescence hits and we get a little bit of some different behavior cropping up. So this is one of those behaviors that all of a sudden our puppy might be overly excited to see another dog or maybe he's fearful of another dog. There's that fear stage that puppies go through when they're about six months old. It lasts a week or so and some anxiousness might be mixed in there. Different puppies feel different emotions, but sometimes this barking and this lunging behavior occurs and we need to know how to handle it and to not let our puppy practice it so that it doesn't become a habit. We definitely want to be able to walk down the street with our puppy without any issues. So let's talk about this. Thanks, Chloe, for bringing it to our attention and for giving us the topic for this week. Okay, so this is something that can be frustrating, embarrassing, overwhelming. Sometimes this causes us not to want to take our dogs out on a walk. But the good news is, if you have a puppy who does this, there is a high rate of success. We are able to turn this behavior around in a fairly simple way. And we're basically taking that emotion that our dog is feeling, which is in most cases, they're feeling either fear or anxiousness. And we want to change that to a feeling of happy confidence is kind of what I like to think about it as. So you can think of a if you were to close your eyes and think of a dog walking down the street with happy confidence, what does that look like, right? Their their body's loose, uh, their mouth is relaxed, maybe their tongue's hanging out, their tail's neutral and kind of wagging. They're just happy. They're just happy to be out on a walk. No stress, not a stress in the world. They are carefree. And that's really what we want to be able to walk down the street with is a dog who's confident and happy. So what I want to do in the next few minutes is outline a sample plan of something that you could start right away with your puppy to start to reverse this if your puppy has issues with barking or lunging at other dogs that he sees. So the first step is we need to figure out what does your dog love. So I want you to get a piece of paper and a pen and I want you to start out by writing everything your dog likes and I want you to rank them from this is my dog's absolute favorite thing now it could be a toy it could be praise it could be a belly rub it could be food and i want you to be very specific is it chicken is it steak is it a hot dog is it a tennis ball whatever it is that your puppy loves i want you to make a list so a hierarchy if you will of things that your puppy loves we need to identify something that really motivates your dog now whenever we talk about training and changing behavior we have to find something that motivates our dog to want to do so and in this scenario we have to find something really good because not only are we outside where there's a gazillion distractions, there's also something that our dog is actually reacting to. So I call them triggers. It could be another dog. It could be a person. It could be a pinecone, whatever your dog reacts to or whatever is his trigger that causes him to bark and lunge and pull. Now in this scenario, it's another dog, but you can apply this little program that I'm going to talk to you about today in any of these scenarios. So number one, again, find out what motivates your dog. And we need to find something good. Step two is to figure out where your dog won't react. So we call this the line of threshold. At what point can you walk your dog down the street and he'll see another dog or a trigger, whatever is his trigger, but he won't bark or lunge or pull. So how far away do you have to keep your dog so that he doesn't react that's the threshold line so the threshold once you cross that line he would start to react and we want to pinpoint where that distance is the reason why is we want to keep our puppy under threshold or behind threshold so we don't want to cross that line to the point of reactivity we want to keep him in the calm happy state as we try to train this new behavior and change his emotional feeling toward the trigger. So it's important that we identify that line and then we want to work behind the line so that he's in a nice, happy, calm state while we're training the new behavior. So step two again is find that line of threshold. At what point does he start to bark or lunge or pull? And then we need to work behind that line and be careful not to cross it. Now, as we work through this and it gets better and better, and the more times that we exercise this and practice this with our dog, that threshold line is gonna get closer and closer to the trigger. Till ultimately you'll be able to stand, you know, right next to that trigger and your dog will be completely fine. But for the meantime, we need to make sure that we are working in a safe space for our dog where he is able to feel calm and happy and in control of himself. And then we'll work on it, moving that line of threshold closer and closer to the trigger. All right, so once you've identified that, then you can know as you're out and about how far you need to keep your puppy away from whatever he's seen, so that we can progress. If you happen to cross the threshold line and your puppy starts to bark again or lunge or pull, you're going to go backwards in training. You're going to regress and have to work a little harder. So do your best to find that You know, really pinpoint that distance and then work under it with your dog. Now, step three would be to train an alternate behavior. So the scenario goes like this. You're out for a walk. Your puppy sees a trigger. Maybe it's another dog and your dog starts to bark and lunge towards the other dog. So what we want it to be is we're walking down the street. The dog sees the trigger or another dog or whatever it may be. And our puppy looks at the trigger and then looks at me. Or maybe you want him to look at the trigger and sit. Maybe you want him to look at the trigger and roll over. I mean, honestly, you can pick whatever you want. We're just simply training an alternate behavior. Because I don't like the behavior of my dog looking at another dog and barking and lunging, I'm going to train an alternate behavior that's better. So for me personally, I like my dog when he sees a trigger or something that previously made him nervous or anxious. I want him to look at me. I want him to give me his full attention. With his full attention, then I can ask him to do other things. So I could ask him to turn the opposite direction with me. I could ask him to walk away with me. I could ask him to do a sit or a down or a stay. And, you know, honestly, you could ask him to fetch or touch or high five or shake or anything. Really, you're just directing his attention away from the trigger and you're creating it some fun and some happy Good feelings, which is really what we're trying to replace that fear and anxious feeling with. So it's a win-win for both of you. He sees something, he either gets a food reward for it or he gets a game of fetch with it or a game of tug with it. Um, You're asking him to do other things and he gets to feel better. He doesn't have to feel that anxiousness or that fear. We can keep him in a happy place even when he sees these things that used to cause anxiousness or fear in him. Once you've identified what your dog, what you want your dog to do, so the alternate behavior, we don't want our dog to bark and lunge, but maybe I want my dog to look at me, then we can start to train that to happen automatically. So the way that I like to do this is I'll take my puppy out, I'll keep him clearly behind that threshold line, but I'll take him somewhere where he's going to see several triggers, and I'm gonna have food right in my hand. So let's say that my puppy loves turkey. I'm gonna have some turkey on hand. The second that I see a trigger for my puppy, so the second I see another dog, and I know that my dog sees the other dog, I'm literally putting turkey in his mouth. So here's some turkey. He sees the trigger. Here's some turkey. He sees the trigger. Here's some turkey. And I do that several times, maybe 10, 15 times, to the point that when I stop putting the turkey on his mouth, so he sees a trigger the next time or another dog, and I don't put the turkey immediately down for him to eat, I want to see if he'll look at me as if to say... Hey, I saw something. I get food for that. Remember? <laughs> I've been seeing it over and over and you keep putting food in my mouth. Where's my food? That's the start of him to look at me automatically. So again, he sees the other dog. I'm putting turkey in his mouth and I do that repetitively. And then about the 10th time, I pause and count to maybe three or four before you know, giving him that food reward. I'm going to see if he'll look to me as if to say, where's my food? That's what I want to capture. The second that he looks at me, I'm going to start to mark it. I'm going to mark yes. I use a verbal marker in my training. So the second he looks at me, I mark yes, and then I give him the food reward. And from that point forward, that's how I handle it. So when he sees the trigger, I wait for him to look at me. The second he looks at me, I mark yes, and I give him the food reward. And that's what I'm going to practice for the next several sessions. So that's how I would handle situations like this in a nutshell. Again, those steps are first, you've got to figure out what your dog loves. Identify something that's very motivating to him. Secondly, you need to figure out the threshold. At what point will your puppy see another dog or a trigger and not react? How far can you, you know, how close can you get to that object or person or dog or thing before he starts to bark and lunge? We need to work below that. We need to keep him in a calm, happy state while we practice this alternate behavior. Step three is to figure out what do you want your dog to do instead of the barking and lunging. Again, I like him to give me his full attention, so once I have his attention, we can do other things. And then finally, to train that, I like to have it be automatic. So you can go through that last step again of he sees the trigger reward, he sees the trigger reward, he sees the trigger reward, and then you wait a few seconds and see if he'll look at you or give you that behavior you're wanting instead of the immediate reward and then mark the look and then reward after that. And that's basically what you want to do to begin with. Try to do these steps on your own and see if you can, how far you get, see if you can make any headway or progress with your puppy. But if, you know, by all means, if you run into trouble, reach out to me, send me an email at info at You're welcome to join my members only area where I do offer that live one-on-one coaching. I also offer those Wednesday puppy classes uh, via Zoom. And this week's topic is on adolescence. So if you have questions like that, you're welcome to join and get those answered. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to answer your guys' questions. I'm here to help you train your puppies, and I want you to get the help that you need when you need it. Thanks for listening today, and happy training. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site, BaxterandBella.com, to contact me.